Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 067. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, have you ever had a child beg you for months for a Christmas present only to put it in the done with it pile by December 26th? Have you ever said, if I could have this or that or the other thing, I'd be happy for life? How does that work out for us? I'm guessing not very well. Well, maybe there's a better way, one that leads to real joy. Join us as we discover it together. Have you ever said, if I could accomplish this one thing, I will be happy for the rest of my life? If I could have just this one thing, whatever it is, I will have joy forever. God, if you will just answer this one prayer, I will do anything you want me to do. You don't even have to be a believer for that one. If you have ever done that, and I certainly have myself, did you ever get whatever it was you were hoping for, praying for, wanting so bad, and then realized that the happiness and the joy dissipated a lot faster than you would have expected? You ever have the child who begs you from the time school gets out for one Christmas present? (laughs) Whatever it is, you know how it goes. Every opportunity, they're begging for it, wanting it, wanting it, wanting it. And then by December 26th, it's in the I'm done with it pile. It's not just a child on Christmas thing. But there are so many things that we can try to gain, accomplish, stick on our resume, put into our bank account that ultimately ends up leaving us empty. Again, that's something that's not just limited to children, not just limited to believers. So what's the way through that? To wanting to have a goal, wanting to have something you're trying to accomplish that maybe doesn't end up in this rabbit hole of emptiness. That's where we're going today. Let's pray together. God, this day, help us to learn from those that you have blessed in abundant ways and the lessons they have learned in the end, that we might not fall for the same kinds of traps. Amen. Now, as I read this passage, keep in mind who it is written by. Two weeks ago, we were talking about David, a guy who pretty much had it all. Today, we're going to read the reflections of his dad, Solomon a man who ran circles around David as far as accomplishments and things, acquisitions. He literally had it all. And then he writes this. The words of the teacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the teacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Now, depending on the translation you read, sometimes vanity is replaced by meaningless. What do people gain from all the toil that they toil under the sun? A generation goes, and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises, and the sun goes down, and it hurries again to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south, and it goes around to the north. Round and round goes the wind, And on its circuits, the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they continue to flow. All things are wearisome, more than one can express. 
The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it can be said, see, this is new. It has already been in the ages before us. The people of long ago are not remembered, nor will there be any remembrance of people yet to come by those who come after them. Yes, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Scary as it is to say that. What a way to start a conversation. This is the opening 11 verses out of Solomon's writing, the book of Ecclesiastes. Remember, this is written by a guy who literally has everything. He had so much money in his bank account, it wrecked the stock market, single-handedly. He had 700 wives, another 300 concubines, and you think your marriage is complicated. He was not just on the A-list, he was the A-list. And for all Solomon had accomplished, for all Solomon had he, said, he opens up this conversation with, it's all meaningless. It's all pointless. The sun's going to keep doing what it does. The earth's going to keep doing what it does. Nobody's going to remember all of this that I have. I have heard the idea from successful people, maybe not quite those who would rival Solomon, but those who have said, I don't need Christianity because I got my life all together. People who would be able to afford living on Canandaigua Lake. People who would have to take their shoes off to count the digits in their bank account. Now there are certainly people in this world on the other side of the spectrum that maybe are wondering where their next meal is going to come from. And they would say, I would love to have that kind of problem. Let me prove that that is not an issue. I will take that struggle. But it basically ends up being, as Solomon says, or it just leads to discontent of a different kind of flavor. Rockefeller was the richest man in the world in his day. Probably would be the richest man in the world today as well. Maybe even on par with Solomon. Maybe minus the wives, but his bottom line was still way up there. And it is rumored that he was asked, how much is enough? You've literally got it all. How much is enough? And it's said that he replied, just a little bit more. Where does this lead us? To greed, certainly. To a rat race. Really, it leads us kind of into emptiness, if you think about it. If all of what the world has cannot fulfill us, there's some part that's left empty. We were talking two weeks ago, I think, no, last week actually, how we'll often self-medicate ourselves as a way to try to deal with burnout. You know, when you're having just a rough day, when you're having an exhausting season, there isn't a, a spoon big enough to down all the Ben and & Jerry's and Wegmans to try and numb the, the whatever that we end up feeling after a day or after a season like that. And emptiness can cause us to do the exact same thing where we recognize there's a void literally in emptiness, and we try to fill it with something. People who work in marketing are masters at exploiting this, at pointing out how who you are and what you have will not satisfy you. 
they get that part right. The part where they twist things up, where they are experts, is to say, but what I have, that will do the trick for you. We'll make you the person you want to be. We'll get you the person you want to have. We'll bring in all the money in the world. We'll help you pay off your mortgage in five years or less. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, fingers crossed behind their back while they're saying it. They try, because it's their job, to find a way to help you fill that void. And maybe we try to fill it with retail therapy. Go out and get more, get better, get different, so that you can distinguish yourself from those that are around you. Thinking that if we have more of something, or we have a better car, or a, our doghouse is aligned with the innards of Brazilian nuts imported from China, that'll somehow make us stand out and make us fulfilled. We can sometimes self-medicate, try to fill that void with food. You know, that's something that churches do really, really well. We do, and oftentimes we're proud of it. But think about it. Have you ever gone and had dinner with somebody and the host offers you tofu and encourages you to eat less? Right. Never happens. Especially in some cultures where it's feed you more and more and more and more, and they will help fill that void with food at least. Maybe it's more work that we go after to try and fill that void. Figure this one out. If you get caught drinking too much, you get fired from your job. If you get caught working too much, you get promoted. Figure that one out. The problem with more, whether it's retail therapy, whether it's food, whether it's work or anything else that you could try to get more of, the problem with more is there is no finish line. It is like a hamster running on a wheel, hoping to get to the end of their cage. It never happens. How much food, sex, money, drink, hours, bills, pills will it take to fulfill you? If the answer is more, you need a different answer. Dare I say it, the answer, the antidote, empty lies in bigger. No, I do not mean a bigger house. I do not mean a bigger bank account. I do not mean a bigger car. I mean a mission that is bigger than you. Think of it from a business perspective because this allows for some of the simplest examples to understand. If you have a business and the goal of the business, the mission of the business is to have an awesome profit margin, at the end of the quarter, you know what? Your employees are not going to be sticking around very long if that is the, the goal. Think about it for yourselves. If all that matters is being able to tell the investors you hit a certain mark, is that going to get you out of bed in the morning? Is that going to get you to put in your 40 a week for 50 years? Probably not. Now, just as an example, if you have a company, organization, that their mission is to put wells into places in the world that have never had good drinking water. Just as an example. Well, that becomes a whole different story. An organization that were to keep that kind of mission that's bigger than any one person in front of their people, that might get people to wake up in the morning. That might get people out of bed, give them a purpose, give them a reason for putting hours into something because they know they're doing something that is bigger than them. It's very different than if it's a mission that's all about us. 
Because selfishness only looks good to the selfish the way pride only looks good to the proud. The kids themselves said, you know, who loves a braggart? Who loves the person who's all about, look, about, look at me, look at me? They're no fun in kindergarten. They're even less fun in adult life. It's the fact. A mission that is all about self ultimately leaves us alone, leaves us empty. As Jesus says in Luke 9, those who want to save their life will lose it. Those who lose their life for my sake will save it. All of a sudden, the idea of living for yourself is a whole lot scarier than dying to yourself. The cool thing is, I think we have the best bigger-than-us mission around. And I admit, I'm a little bit biased, but I think that bringing the presence of Christ into this community that God has put us in is a pretty outstanding mission. One that is worth getting up in the morning for. One that is worth putting time towards, because it certainly is bigger than us. Bigger than any one person, you, me, anybody in this town, anybody in this community. And when we start to get that, when we start to go after the mission that is bigger than ourselves, good things start to emerge. Our relationships improve because we are looking to the people around us from the mindset of how can I help? What can I do? Rather than what can I get? All of a sudden, self-care looks a lot more attractive than self-medication. I had said last week there is a difference between numbing the pain of a rough day and dealing with the pain of a rough day. One is self-medication, one is self-care. And when we give our life away, as Jesus says, that's when we find it. This week, find one person you can help out. Scale that however you want. In this sense, opening a door for somebody counts just as much as mowing a lawn. So I'm positive there's going to be a lot of open doors this week amongst everybody. I get that. That's cool. But each time you do that, and I hope you do it more than once, remind yourself of this truth, that the one mission that is worthwhile is the mission that is bigger than you. In God's world, population two. Thanks again for listening to the Woodland Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like some more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org or visit our Facebook page at Woodlane Newark. If you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. See you next week on the Woodlane Worship Podcast.